تبقي حياتي برهان You are listening to season 10 episode 5 Bismillah alhamdulillah salatu wassalam ala rasulillah assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh On behalf of we here and we obey ladies on the halaqa once again we welcome you to the fourth hadith of 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi series Alhamdulillah we have discussed first three hadith in detail in our last five podcasts inshallah we are hoping to look into the fourth hadith in detail in this episode this hadith is narrated on the authority of abu abdul rahman abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu anhu he said the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the truthful the believed narrated to us saying Verily, each of you is brought together in his mother's abdomen for 40 days in the form of a drop of fluid. Then it is a clinging object for a similar period. Thereafter, it is a lump looking like it has been chewed for a similar period. The angel is then sent to him and he breathes into him the spirit. He is also commanded to issue four decrees to record his sustenance, his lifespan, his deeds and whether he will be unhappy by entering hell or happy by entering paradise i swear by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than whom there is no god certainly one of you will definitely perform the deeds of the people of paradise until there is not between him and paradise except an arm's length and then what has been recorded will overtake him and he shall perform the deeds of the people of hell and enter it and certainly one of you will definitely perform the acts of the people of hell until there is not between him and hell except an arm's length and then what has been recorded will overtake him and he shall perform the deeds of the people of paradise and enter it this hadith is recorded by both bukhari and muslim sisters This hadith talks about the creation of human being in the womb of a mother in detail. Indeed, this hadith is a miracle and a proof that this is a revelation from our creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Islam is the true religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a miracle because Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is explaining to this scientific miracle to those who lived more than 1,400 years ago, sisters. Imagine they did not have any clue about the formation of human being in the wombs subhanallah we all know that only after the advancement of science and technology it was discovered by the scientist about this process in the wombs it was just 50 years 60 years back sisters until that it was a mystery but islam talked about it in detail more than 1400 years ago Well sisters in this podcast we are not intending to talk about the scientific facts or medical issues related to this very hadith rather we decided to talk about the benefits of this hadith in terms of spiritual benefits and the lessons we should derive from this hadith inshallah so let's move on the first most important thing we are going to look into is about angels who 
are one of the creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have already discussed this in detail in our third podcast. Let me go through it quickly inshallah sisters. There we said angels are a part of the world of unseen which we cannot comprehend. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us about them in many places in the Quran and via his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They are created from light. And also we learned that the greatest of them all is Jibreel alayhi salam. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, describing Jibreel alayhi salam, I saw Jibreel descending from heaven and his great size filled the space between heaven and earth. Also we said that they have wings. Further we mentioned that there are a few angels mentioned by name in the Quran and Sunnah like Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil, Malik, Munkar, Nakir, Malakul Maut, etc. The angels are many sisters and their number is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In an authentic narration that Rasulullah said regarding Baytul Ma'mur, every day 70,000 angels visited and lived, never returning to it again. Another group coming after them. So imagine their number sisters. Since the day they were created until the day of judgment, a new group or a new set of angels visits the Baytul Ma'mur and they never come back. So their number we can't imagine. But Allah alone knows. The angels have been assigned with different jobs or duties. Like Jibreel duty is to bring down wahi to the messengers and the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same way Rasulullah says in this very hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed an angel whose duty is to breathe the spirit into the fetus with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the duty of this particular angel sisters. We do not know more about ar-ruh, the soul, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Rasulullah to say to the disbelievers in the Quran, in Surah number 17, verse number 85, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ كُلِ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ وَمَا أُوْتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And they ask you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about the soul, the ruh. Say to them, the soul is of the affair of my Lord, and mankind have not been given of knowledge except a little. Let's move on to the next duty. What is the next duty assigned to him, sisters? Well, as it's mentioned in the hadith, it's to issue four decrees regarding the fetus. Subhanallah. What are those four decrees? As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, to record his sustenance, his lifespan, his deeds, and to write down whether this person is among the dwellers of paradise or hell. Subhanallah. The angel issues four decrees to the fetus. Of course, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone knows the ghaib, the unseen. And the angel has been assigned to issue these decrees with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same kind of message is repeated in the glorious Quran in chapter number 31, verse number 34, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah indahu ilmu sa'ati wa yunazzilu al-ghaitha wa ya'lamu ma fil arham. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ مَاذَا تَكْسِبُ قَدَاهُ وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ عَرْضٍ تَمُوتُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ خَبِيرٌ Indeed, Allah alone has knowledge of the hour and sends down the rain and knows what is in the wombs and no soul perceives what it will earn tomorrow and no soul perceives in what land it will die. 
indeed Allah is knowing and acquainted the first thing issued is rizq provision provisions like the money the wealth food house jobs education children health you name it sisters allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that he has decreed the provision he has written the rizq of each and every one of us no one can increase neither anyone can withhold of our rizq our provision sisters what we learn from this how should our hearts behave after listening to this statement sisters well as i said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written the provision and it's not going to get decreased neither increased so our hearts should be tranquil our heart should be at peace no matter how much we lose or how much excess wealth we have our hearts must be in content state in a state that's pleased with allah no matter what it is we shouldn't overreact we shouldn't complain rather we have to be patient and seek help only from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the glorious Quran in chapter number 13 verse number 26 Allahu yabsutur rizqa liman yasha'u wa yaqdir Allah extends provision for whom he wills and restricts it Let's move on to the second decree What is the second decree it is about lifespan subhanallah how long each one of us will live when we will die This is written already subhanallah no one can interfere with the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no one can question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator and the owner of our souls the death doesn't have an age sisters it doesn't have time neither it has gender we see a 10 years old die we see 40 to 50 years old die we see 110 years old die subhanallah It's Allah who decides on how long each person will live in this dunya. The life in this dunya is a test and we have to pass this test. That's what expected from us. Every one of us going to depart this world. As Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in surah number 3 verse number 185, kullu nafsin dha'iqatul maut. Every soul will taste death. The death it cannot be delayed by even a second sisters. No medicines there to stop us from dying. The death will come to us wherever we are. Nothing can stop it. As Allah says in surah number 4 verse number 78, Aynama takunu yudrikkum al-mawtu walau kuntum fi burujim mushayyadah. Wherever you may be, death will overtake you even if you should be within towers of lofty constructions. Let's move on to the third decree that is issued in the womb sisters. The third decree is the deeds a person going to do whether they are good deeds or bad deeds. Subhanallah it's only known to the absolute knowledge of Allah. We must firmly believe all the deeds regardless how small they are, how good or bad they are, regardless whether they are done secretly or publicly, all known to Allah. and all happen with the permission of Allah azza wa jal now most of the people have this misunderstanding sisters if all deeds i do are known to Allah and all the good things and bad things happen with the permission of Allah then it means that Allah makes me to do bad and how am i responsible for the sins i do 
This is a total misunderstanding of the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sisters. First of all, let me tell you, it's true and we completely believe in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written everything down even before he created the earth and the heavens. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in surah number 57 verse number 22, no disaster strikes upon the earth or among yourselves except it is in a register before. Also Rasulullah said, Allah decided the decree of creation 50,000 years before he created the heavens and earth. Secondly, every single man and woman has free will and choice. We have complete freedom and choice to do things that we want to do and to refrain from things that we don't want to do. So we have free will. We have free will to obey or disobey, to believe or disbelieve. And there is no compulsion in the religion. As Allah says in Surah number 18, verse number 29, And say, the truth is from your Lord. So whoever wills, let him believe. And whoever wills, let him disbelieve. So how do we reconcile between the two sisters? Well, let me give you an example. Let's assume a classroom in the school which has five students. Let's assume that the class teacher who is with them and teaching them for last two years has been asked to predict the results that they are going to get at the end of the exam. So the teacher would predict the results based on the past records of the children. How much effort they put, how long they study, how much interest they show in each subject, how much they scored in the other exams, how well they do in the class, etc. And the teacher would predict the grades that each student would get like the student X going to get an A plus in biology, student B going to get a grade B, student Z going to get an A grade for it, etc. After this prediction, if the students were made to sit for the exam, it's much likely that they would get the predicted results. This is what's happening in many countries now. Due to COVID-19, they couldn't conduct the GCSE OLs in many countries and they are releasing predicted results anyways. So my question is to you sisters, did this decision of the teacher on the final grades in any way affect or influence the way each student performed? Did it influence the effort of children on each subject? Didn't the student have free will and choice to choose the way they wanted to study and the effort they wanted to put in sisters? Of course, they did have freedom and choice. Now let's think about our deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us free will and freedom to choose what to choose and what to do. Unlike the examiner, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the absolute knowledge. His knowledge is not deficient like the human knowledge. So depending on the nature of the human being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that out of his or her free will, this particular person going to do this good deed and this particular person is going to do this bad deed. The main point to notice is that our deeds are exclusively depend on our choice. All happens with the permission of Allah. Nothing happens in this world without his permission. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never unjust to the least degree. He loves us more than our mothers. He subhanahu wa ta'ala will never ever make a judgment which will harm us. So we have to believe on it firmly and we should be more conscious of our deeds. Another benefit of belief firmly on Qadr is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the glorious Quran, 
please take your mushafs and refer ayah number 22 and 23 of chapter hadith chapter number 57 where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains what effect believe in qadr would have in our hearts allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already written everything that's going to happen in order that you may not grieve at the things over that you fail to get no rejoice over that which has been given to you what's that mean sisters allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says don't get upset don't be sad don't grieve over whatever that you have missed in your life why sisters Allah says you know for sure that what has met you would never have missed you and what has missed you would never have met you therefore do not grieve for what you have missed of fortune because had it been destined for you you would have achieved it this mentality and acceptance should stop us from becoming those who have anxiety or depression subhanallah what a precautions measure alhamdulillah on the other hand allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says no rejoice over that which came to you meaning allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says do not boast before people about what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored you with because it's not you who earned it by your efforts rather all this came your way because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destined them for you and provided them for you as provisions therefore do not use what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you as a reason to boast and become arrogant with others The next issue decreed in the womb is whether a person will be an inhabitant of Jannah or Jahannam. Depending on our deeds, we will be judged, sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. He is Al-Ghafar, Al-Ghafur, At-Tawwab. He loves us like none other and He forgives us and guides us like no one else. We should have... be having hope and fear in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those two things should be in balance sisters we should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he should be feared in terms of our deeds actions and intentions etc and at the same time we should have the hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us and have mercy on us for our shortcomings we have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among those who have his pleasure and make us among the dwellers of paradise and we have to ask him to protect us from his hellfire another important matter to keep in our minds is sisters depending on the good deeds or bad deeds we do today or in the past we can't judge our final destination we may see people who pray five times a day who fast obligatory fast and extra fast pay charity do hajj very often in other words all the good deeds throughout the life to the extent those who are around them have the feeling that he or she is surely going to be a person of jannah same way there are people who may have done heinous crimes throughout their lives no prayer no fasting no charity basically they are known for their evil than for their goods people may think this person may end up in jahannam subhanallah we make a terrible mistake here sisters most of the time especially women have this habit of gossiping and being judgmental about others we should stop this right away The decision of allowing to Jannah or Jahannam is solely belonging to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have that right. Let me narrate a story from the Sira sisters. There was a sahaba called Uthairim. He was not a Muslim until the day of Uhad. He embraced Islam on the day of Uhad and immediately participated in the battle of Uhad. He was killed in the battle, subhanallah, without having had a chance to perform a single prayer.
Looking at him, the Prophet ﷺ said that he was one of the people of paradise. Imagine, sisters, he embraced Islam and just died without any apparent good deed. It's a good ending, alhamdulillah. In one of the other battles, the Prophet ﷺ looked at a man fighting against the enemies in a very vigorous way. This person was killing the enemies left and right. The Prophet ﷺ said, this man is from the dwellers of hell. Subhanallah, the Sahabas were shocked. And one of the Sahabas decided to follow him to see what would be the action that was going to make him a person of hell. This Sahaba followed him very closely. Subhanallah, this man who was fighting the enemies of Allah got severely injured in the battle. And out of severe pain, he decided to quit his life. You know what happened, sisters? He placed his own sword upright and leaned over it till it passed through his shoulders and committed suicide. Subhanallah, what a wretched ending to his life. May Allah protect us and bless us with a blessed ending. There are many such stories, sisters, in the history of Islam. Rasulullah said in the same hadith which we are discussing today, And by Allah, a person among you may do deeds of the people of fire, till there is only a cubit or an arm's breadth distance between him and the fire. But then the writing which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the angel to write proceeds. And he does the deeds of the people of paradise and enters it. And a man may do the deeds of the people of paradise till there is only a cubit or two between him and paradise. And then that writing proceeds and he does the deeds of the people of the fire and enters it. Na'udhu Subhanallah. What a powerful hadith it is, sisters. That's all the time we have for today's podcast, sisters. May Allah make us among those who are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah be pleased with us, our families, and all the Muslims around the world. May Allah guide us and make us among the dwellers of the paradise and protect us from the hellfire. Ameen. With the nasiha, I am winding up today's podcast. Stay tuned with us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.